Hi, Curtis Joseph here. In this episode of Soul Science, I'm going to discuss the witch's tools of the art. What do they represent? How are they useful to you as someone who is looking to expand in consciousness and fulfill their potential? Come with me. It was right around the time I was ordained high priest of the Coven of the Primal Dawn, I had found a little pagan store just outside of Amarillo, Texas. Silver cauldron or something of that nature. And uh, yeah, I got to be well known uh, within that store. I spent a lot of time there talking with people, inviting people to various events that we would hold um, as I had helped to co-found what was called the Panhandle Pagan Community Alliance. And she would always talk about prayers with props. She considered her store essentially a vehicle through which to sell various props that we use to act out prayers. Is that wrong? No. No, it is not wrong. It's not wrong at all. But it's not necessarily right either. The argument is similar to the one where we are arguing two sides regarding the existence of spirits. Are they psychological atavisms that originate from within? Or are they sentient beings that exist outside of self? Both are true, and so both are lies. We are raising energy through the creation of candles, through the consecration of various items, and through the casting of the circle, and through the chanting of uh, specific limericks, and on and on and on. We are raising energy, and through our actions, we are compelling our energy in a symbolic way. The altar and the sacred space becomes a microcosmic representation of the reality that you are trying to manifest. And so every step within the right is a step that represents the manifestation of your objective in this world. Yeah. Now... It is also true that magic is something very real that exists outside of us. If it were not linear time, and the limitations thereof would cease to exist. There would be no change. Our decisions would lead neither to our success nor our victory. There would be no cause and effect. You see, this reality is a representation of the order that is chaos. I hope you're grasping what I'm trying to say here. Magic is real. We are tapping into something through ritual. These foundational props within the craft of the wise are 
representations of the power of the four elements that make up the totality of this physical world. And this is why their importance is found to be equal. The pentacle represents the earth element. But we have to remember that the earth element, it is not just minerals. It's not just soil. It's not just rock or wood. It is the foundation for all other elements. Stabilizer of all of them. This would be the witch's pentacle. A disc made of wood or metal with a five-point star upon it. It's what is used traditionally. Then there is the element of air. Many people will place the witch's athame or ceremonial dagger in the east. I personally do not. I place the wand at the east. Because wands are usually made from branches that are harvested, that are said to interact quite closely in directing the wind, just as it directs our will and our thoughts. While metal is forged within flame, it is hammered when it is hocked. That's why I place the athame, or the witch's dagger in the south, with the element of fire. But air represents the intellect. Fire is the spirit, the, the pneuma, the will, the passion. Yeah, I don't want to say the spirit, because that is the fifth element. The chalice is in the west. This represents the emotions. The cup, the holy grail of knowledge, Illumination, wisdom, consciousness. These ritual tools become external representations of these inner powers, right? These inner potentials. They are extensions of ourselves. And as we employ them through ceremony, through ritual, what we're doing is... Uh, activating them within accordingly and engaging those specific potentials through our ritual actions in order to act out symbolically our desire and or objective. This way, when the energy is released, we detach and it is planted like a seed within the aether. That energy then being planted in this area of reality we call dark energy begins to take shape within dark matter before it is formed and manifested. And it happens through the unfolding of the illusion of linear time. Working with these tools, putting creative effort into them artistically, right? All of this helps to connect us to them. The consecration of an item of power cleanses it of the limitations of its physical 
use, its physical form. And at the level of dark matter, at the astral level, we are assigning it a function. We are ascribing to it a sentience and a purpose. And that's why these things become alive. They are not just physical items. This is why they are considered sacred and holy. This is why they should be wrapped up in black silk, kept away from the eyes of the profane in order to be protected. The act of protecting them also empowers them. The act of seeing them as sacred, the act of treating these items as such makes them that way because they are set apart. As a result, these forces as they exist within are honored. They grow in strength and power. So you become a more empowered individual. You see, when you develop a positive working relationship with your athame and your chalice and your wand and your pentacle, right? In your meditations and in your work, they become friends. And these elements become alive within you. And you can tap into those powers even when you are not at your altar, even when you are not sitting in the center of a circle. And this, my friend, is modern applicable spirituality. Are the tools needed? I think they are. I think they are. I think obtaining them, creating them, putting effort into consecrating them, and the act of treating them as sacred power items on It helps you to objectively prioritize that which is important and sacred in your life experience. So I think it holds practical value, if I were to be ever so honest. I think the process of developing a working relationship with these external representations of inner potential powers is very useful in empowering the self in a very balanced way. It would be a angle of synergy, right? It would create a dynamic of synergy between operations such as the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, where right-hand path practitioners, those of the school of light, will call upon specific names of God and invoke those powers, invoking the powers of creation through the various sephirotic spheres and calling upon the archangels who act as gatekeepers over the elements. This helps to strengthen the aura in much the same way as, for instance, um, empowering these items as representations of these inner forces. It's synergy. You see, so why not? This also keeps things, honestly, at a very clear and concise way in your own life experience. Let me rephrase that. If something is sacred in your life, there will be an energy about it that will tell people 
to back up and back off. It's off limits. When you begin setting things apart, acknowledging specific things as sacred, as reflections of your inner power, your spirituality, that's when you definitely grow and progress, without a doubt. So, the tools themselves are not needed to perform magic. I think they are useful as tools upon one's own path of self-actualization. That's what I feel. You, at this point, will benefit from putting creative effort into these tools as you begin to apply the principles that you are learning here through soul science. Even if you treat it simply as that, as an art project, because as you are applying this energy and applying this effort, you are exercising your own creative power. This is to exercise your divinity. This helps you to move through and consume limitations and energy blockages that exist within you. So this process will aid you in doing that. It will, in a general sense, help to empower you in this way. The same can be said when praying over a candle that you create for a specific purpose and consecrating it. The creation of sigils. All of this will go over it a later time within this show. But through the process of creating these items, making them your own, making them pleasing to you, you're working and activating those inner potential. So they are mirrors of those specific potentials within you. It's a beautiful process that helps you to grow in power directly. It's not about the items themselves. Practical, applicable spirituality is always about the empowerment of yourself, first and foremost. It's about self-love, self-care. and That's what this process is about as well. Keep that in mind. So I would suggest finding these items. Obtain a wood disc, a wooden disc from Michael's and carve a pentagram in it. Use a wood burner. Paint it if you would prefer. Get a dagger, decorate it. Use a dremel to engrave specific symbols that are sacred to you upon it. Do the same with a branch. Attach a piece of course at the end, a piece of quartz, quartz sphere on the other end. Find a wine glass or a chalice that you can somehow artistically adapt to be aesthetically pleasing to you. Have fun with the process. It will empower you, especially as you begin to learn things 
later on within this show. The journey itself is the important part. It's not power that we seek. We have to detach from that desire. We have to see the process of thrusting ourselves into the experience is the most important. There is a reason for everything. If you have found this podcast to be illuminating and useful, please like, share, and subscribe. This way, we can reach out. We can reach out to many and create change for the greater good of all. Until next time, Curtis Joseph, signing out.